Teeny, episode 60. On today's show, apropos of nothing, Simone goes over the words she hates. Steffi shares some creepy Mars Hill dating tips. The husbands drop in for a Dong Teeny reenactment, and the ladies entertain God in the bedroom. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm dong very well. How are you, dong Simone? I'm dong okay. I'm very hungry, actually. I uh, We made our time to record today, and I'm snacking on hummus and crackers, and then I get a text from you saying five more minutes, and then it's been 11 minutes, and then I see you post a fucking picture on Facebook of chicken nuggets while I'm chicken waiting. Chicken nuggets that I made. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like dicking around on Facebook. I'm like, waiting, waiting. It's okay. I got my crackers. And then I see Stephanie Drury has posted a photo. What? <laughs> what? Does it look good to you because you're a vegetarian or is it gross or what? No, it looks, it looks, it looks like it would be good. Yeah. But yeah, I was yeah. more just like, what is she doing? And then I posted it in the comments, which you didn't see. Cause then you at least, at least you hopped right on over after you hopped right yourself. on over. Yes. I said, why are you posting this picture now when you should be recording? Busted. <laughs> I, um, like, so I made a big schedule when I woke up this morning and I'm yeah. like 1130, go to the store. Yeah. One, um, noon 30 start frying the chicken noon and um, you know 2 o'clock record and so the chicken took a full hour and a half to do oh, I was like yeah. right up to the last minute and I'm like I am taking a picture of this yes. before I get hopped on so yes. yeah so it's, yeah. they're still all steaming hot in that photograph yeah yeah yeah. Well, so you're, not, you're not even eating them yet I'm sorry you oh no. no no oh. no Aw, now I feel bad. I mean, I'm not eating either, what? so at least we're both starving. We're starving for our art. We're starving. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It'll make our podcast better. It will, it will. Well, when I get off, I'm making a caprese salad with heirloom tomatoes. So, Ooh. yeah, fresh mozzarella and balsamic oh. vinegar and uh, olive oil. So, very good. Thank I've done too. I love that. Yes. So, anyway, on with the show. Uh, on we go, as Willy Wonka would say. So, um, so during the week, I think it was just this past week, you posted a hilarious um, piece on uh, stuff Christian culture likes about what was this title called? It was. Uh, well, I, uh, I wish I had it in front of me because all I can remember is the line, the very last line in this article, which was about a Christian was, sex blogger. Yeah, and it was about uh, not being afraid of, of your husband's penis, or like getting to know your husband's penis, and oh man. Like, I think that's the title, but I just remember, the what I remember clearly is the very last line when she said, when you get to know your husband's penis, you honor God. <laughs> this is the very best thing ever. It so is. I mean, is it kind to me? I could interpret that as saying God's just a fucking dick, but... Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, wow, what a line. But but I've long been curious about this whole thing of bringing God into into the bedroom. Like, I have it's no so idea what's going on with that. Creepy. I found I have another quote well, saved from 
maybe something you posted some time ago that says, uh, tragically, culture has kicked the bed out of the church and God out of the bed. I'm thinking, yes! Wow. There should just be two people in there, unless, wow. you know, there's, it's another consenting adult which you've chosen to uh, welcome yeah. into your bedroom. But just, like, having God in there, it just sounds so fucking perverse and creepy, you know? Yep. And um, and Dr. Laura, we used to listen to the Dr. Laura show all the time, and she used to. Oh, I know, never she, listened to her. What was oh. what was? Tell me about her, just like in like you know oh. really quick. Well, Dr. Laura was a. Um, uh, I think she's still around, but she's kind of taken a bit of a nosedive. She's but Jewish, she's a very, right? She's Jewish, but she's a very moralistic. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, uh, right wing. Who, right wing. Well, she she's more about just morals and stuff and living. You know according to God's plan and all this stuff. So, But she's really mean. Okay. So, um, right. you know, if anyone was living with someone out of wedlock, she'd accuse them of shacking up. And she just yeah. she was really mean about any choices you made that weren't, you know, you know, doing the right moral thing. So anyway, yeah, she would always talk about people having sex out of marriage and say, you should be having covenantal sex. And it would just be like, oh, what are you talking covenantal. about? covenantal sex so it's like you yeah. your partner and god like it's just it's just i don't understand that i don't understand how you yeah. bring the, 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 where your brain is where that's part of it you know like the jewish perspective on that is like the covenant it's like a picture of the covenant like everything in judaism and christianity is like a picture of this covenant and that's why allegory is so important and in, in sacred and stuff and um there's this doctor I like, I think his, his name, well, he's a writer, like a PhD, whatever type person, sex therapist guy named, his last name is Schnark, like, and it's a horrible name for this wonderful man, but I mean, he totally looks like a, like Woody Allen, you know, <laughs> his last name is like S-C-H-N-A-R-C-H, and he has this book called Passionate Marriage, which is like the most horrible name, you know, by the most, entitled for the yeah. most horrible <laughs> named writer guy, but he, I mean, and he's not like overly spiritual, but he will talk about like in in kind of um, less annoying terms about the covenant, like he's like sex is in the mind. Um, there is you know some sort of you know soul exchange that happens, and so there is a sort of it's a reflection of the covenant. Like he kind of acknowledges that, even though I don't think he's like a practicing Jew. Right. And, you know that's part of his culture, so he kind of will will talk about that. But I think that's why the Christians like bring that into it as well. But they, I mean, everything about Christian culture is is extra creepy. The way they they they're really overt with it, and nothing's subtle. There's no nuance. Everything's yeah. just they're so they're so scared, intense that they have to like be saying God is here, yay God, let's acknowledge God like every single second, and that's yeah. when it gets annoying. And I can just imagine, I really I I. I hope I'm not <laughs> being out of line when I say that I think that God, if he's real, is like, will you just shut up and live your life <laughs> and quit talking about me all the time? You know, like, I just really don't see that as being yeah. any kind of way to live. Like, there's no freedom in that. They're just so tense. No. So. Anyway. Yeah, because this whole, I mean, it, like you said, that example you said from that book where it's sort of like one thing to have sort of being this covenant, like this bond, you know, that sort of involves God in general. Like that just sounds more like the general bond between between two people. Mm -hmm. But when people talk about God being in the bedroom, you just kind of picture God sitting at the edge of the bed and like watching. Like with you it's always. Like, pump it, there should be a with it, you always pencil it. drawing. <laughs> 
<laughs> of Jesus sitting on the bed. Oh my God! Yes, the while they're under always. the covers doing missionary. Oh gosh! Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, the With You Always series. I've been. I think I've been into that since before I was even friends with you. But it's think, this artist yeah. who um, he's got some sort of message from God that he's supposed to start doing these drawings, and they're these really cruddy. I mean, they're really detailed. So in, in a way, he's skilled, but they're just. They're just tasteless, you know, they're really gross. And there's all these pictures of just doing day-to-day stuff with uh, Jesus watching and guiding them. And it just says, with you always. So um, did you see the one? I am obsessed with the, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but the, the Ecce Mono painting, you know, the fresco that got fucked up. Oh, the in the restoration that got missed. Yes, I yes, love yes. That so, so for if, there's, if there's one listener out there who doesn't know what happened, there was a fresco in a church in Spain, and it was all like the paint had crumbled off a lot. It was a picture of Jesus, and it was called Eche Homo, which means "Behold the Man." And anyway, it had crumbled a lot, so they oh, needed to do restoration on it. And how it happened is up for debate, but supposedly, according to the 80-year-old woman, they she offered to, to fix it. She said, I can fix it. And they said, okay, yeah, you, you go ahead. And she fucked it up so <laughs> bad! It's the greatest thing ever. And now they call it it's shame, uh, mono, which means behold the monkey, because it looks like oh a monkey. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I'm so obsessed with it. And people keep putting the picture now on, on different things. Oh, and yesterday, you know, after how at the RNC convention, um, Clint yeah. Eastwood was talking to the empty chair. Yesterday, yeah. right before I was going out, I was like, oh, somebody should put the Eche Mono in the goddamn chair. And I'm like, I can do it in 10 minutes. I can do it. I'm going to have the meme. I'm going to do the meme. But I told Greg, I was like, somebody's done it. Somebody's done it. Somebody's done it. So while I was curling my hair, Greg checked. He's like, yep, it's done. Like, there's no way, like, you weren't going to marry those two things. Somebody had to done it. Probably within three minutes of Clint Eastwood's uh, bizarre speech. But anyway... Yeah, so somebody did an Eche, an Eche Mono with it's it's a it's a with you always Eche Mono jam, which has the woman that is one of a woman painting. Oh. So they've just put the picture of I the Eche, the, yeah, the Eche Mono in front of her, and and Jesus is saying, "Make it look like a monkey." Oh my god, that's so good. Oh gosh, that's I'm so, so obsessed good. with that thing. Like. About 10 years ago when I found With You Always, I you know, it's before I knew you, of course, but, like, I immediately, of course, became obsessed with it, just like you, because we like all the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so my friend Bobby Bardenhagen, he's a sometime listener, but um, he started to make his own series called Hey, Stop That, and <laughs> <laughs> he used the same font as the With You Always, like that cur- crappy cursive font, you know? Yeah. And he like he would he photoshopped a picture of that of Jesus, like the pencil drawing Jesus, looking at a hooker leaning into a Trans Am. <laughs> <laughs> he made Jesus look kind of mad. He like messed with the eyebrows and then it says, Hey, stop that. <laughs> and then like when Ellen was crying about her her dog that got adopted or something on uh-huh. Or whatever dog adoption went awry a few years ago. <laughs> she, you know, he had a picture of Ellen crying and Jesus <laughs> going, "Hey, stop that!" Oh boy, well, we have to have both. He killed of these me. I want him to start it up again. But yeah, yeah, these sound amazing. But yeah, Edgy oh. Mono with you always. Hey, stop that! What a what a trilogy of magic. We're gonna put these all on the website. <laughs> totally is. Oh wow. Okay. Well, now, um, uh, over this past week, there's been, uh, I don't know how, how long it's been out, but I've become aware of uh, Big Pens in Europe has a new mm-hmm. pen. 
And the pen is called Christelle for her. What? The Christelle. For a pen. The Christelle reserved for women. Stupid. Why is it for girls? I don't know. So Is it double? Is it dildos? Well, possibly. Well, no, no, because it's thinner, so I don't think that's what anybody wants. But, um, yeah, it says key benefits. Tinted barrel, pink, purple, blue, green, or orange. Thinner for better handling for women. So, subsequently, uh, the Amazon uh, uh, community has seized upon it uh, and thus resulting in a in a plethora of uh, hilarious uh, sarcastic reviews. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yes, these are great. Okay, so I've got, I've got a few here, but they're all quite short. Uh, someone has finally answered my gentle prayers and finally designed a pen that I can use all month long. I use it when I'm swimming, <laughs> riding a horse, walking on the beach, and doing yoga. <laughs> <laughs> it's comfortable, leak-proof, non-slip, and it makes me feel so feminine and pretty. Since I've begun using these pens, men have found me more attractive and approachable. It has given me soft skin and manageable hair, and it has really given me the self-esteem I needed to start a book club and flirt with the bag boy at my local market. <laughs> my kittens, of, my drawings of kittens and ponies have improved. <laughs> and now that I'm writing my last name hyphenated with Robert Pattinson's last name, I really believe he may someday marry me. I'm oh positively giddy. Those smart men in the marketing have come up with a pen that my lady parts can really identify with. <laughs> That is by uh, Tracy Hamilton. Uh, then we have, uh, this one is titled, I am writing this in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> of course she is. Is she barefoot and pregnant too? Probably. Finally, for years I've had to rely on pencils or at worst a twig and some drops of my feminine blood to write down recipes. Oh, the only God. thing a lady should ever be writing. <laughs> I had despaired of being able to write down said recipes in a permanent manner, though my menfolk assured me that I shouldn't worry your pretty little head. <laughs> But at last, the Bic, at last, Bic, the great liberator, has released a womanly pen that my gentle baby hands can use without fear of unladylike calluses and bruises. Thank you, Bic. <laughs> bruises. Um, let's see. I love Bic Cristal for her. The delicate shape and pretty pastel colors make it perfect for writing recipe cards, checks to my psychologist, I'm seeing him for a case of the hysterics, and tracking my monthly cycle. <laughs> God. Obviously, I, so good. I know this so great. Obviously, I don't use it for vulgar endeavors like math or filling out voter application. But oh. Big Christopher. <laughs> vulgar oh. endeavors. <laughs> Ask your husband for some extra pocket money so you can buy one today. <laughs> and then there's a couple from from men, which are also pretty great. These pens saved my marriage. Oh uh, my god! Oh wait, no, no, no. That's from. Uh, uh, sorry, no, no. This is from a. Uh, is that is that from a? Yeah, no, no. This is from a woman about her husband. Sorry, this one's great. These pens saved my marriage. My husband hated when I would write with normal pens. Their length and thickness in my hands made him feel inadequate. Oh <laughs> he was constantly saying, "You should write a lot. Why don't you just leave me for that huge pen?" <laughs> tried to reassure him that size didn't matter, but with no avail. Thank God these for her pens came out. Smaller, slimmer, and not at all intimidating. My husband now feels superior in size to my pens, and we are happier than ever. Thanks, Bic. And then this is my, this might be my favorite. Well, it's definitely one of, this one, this one is by a guy. 
As a married Latino man, I have to say I'm very happy with Big for her. My wife used to want to have hour-long talks in which she expressed her feelings. Now since she got one of these pens, she writes these long notes with sweet words and symbols which are far easier to just throw away or make a nice coaster oh for my beer. I wanted to send a package of these new pens to my mother in Mexico to see if she would start writing instead of her long calls on Sundays, but alas, they don't make these in Spanish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when will Big Pyra Aya come out? Hundreds and hundreds. How of do you these. find these? You find the best reviews. Oh, thank you. No, actually, there was a there was an art. This was actually uh, an article on Time in Times. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I, I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. Getting so much publicity. I know. So uh, yeah, take the, the, that, the, the, assholes. I Marketing seriously. is just so insulting. It just like know. makes me mad across the board. I don't know. Fuck? Like, I mean, if you have small hands, like maybe they could just call it slim or something. But that, that always implies for women anyway. But what about a man with small hands? Maybe he wants the for her pen, you know? And they oh, put seriously. it in fucking pastel colors. A man would be humiliated if he had to like write in a pen with pastel colors. Mind you, I fucking hate pastel colors. I just want to say that. So I just don't yeah. want to write in them. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the, the ink itself is black or blue, but the, the barrel oh, is, is pastel color. Yeah, no, I don't like... Um, I don't like uh, uh, anything pastel So, anyway, I just don't like that. that's the default color the, um, that women would like. Like the condoms that are smaller are called, like, snug fit. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Like, who's going to buy that? I know. Well, I guess if you need it, you need it. Otherwise, it's just going to fly off, isn't it? So, um... <laughs> But I read a review, I read a, gosh, what, I forget what magazine it was in, but it was like a guy with a massive cock um, reviewing all the jumbo uh, condoms. Oh. So, yeah, and it was just, it sounded like they just, none of them were very, they were all uncomfortable. Maybe it was just, yeah, too big even for that, but it just sounded like a real problem. But it was just him and his girlfriend going at it, and he would write a review of every different kind. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that I not read this really on the awesome. show. I know, right? <laughs> Do you remember when we were in that Thai grocery store by your house or Asian grocery, and there was those there were the jumbo cucumbers like in a box and oh and we yes. were kind of like haha at them and David's like quit looking at those cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about that a couple days ago. He's like he's like you're looking at those cucumbers like you have a crush on them. He's like I need to just buy you one. <laughs> I have a picture you holding one. I have to put that on the website. <laughs> oh great. Um, so David's in Vegas right now, and I don't know if you saw my status, but about him, um, how when he and his friend they're teaching a blackjack boot camp, and um, it happens to be at this casino, and he said I can't say the name, but it's it's on the strip, and they've been backed off from there before, like told they can't come back, but they have, you know, in costume, and it's yeah. been a couple of years since they've even been there, so they they reserved a room there, they're gonna teach their blackjack camp there, and um, when they went to check in, they, the people go. I'm sorry, you're trespassing, and your room's your reservation's been canceled. And immediately, like this whole gaggle of security guys like came up and surrounded them. And they're like, "Well, you could have told us before we came all the way here, you know." And they're like, "Sir, go to the garage park, sir, right now." And so they're kind of like walking down there. And then there was, um, they get in their car, they watch them get in the car, and then a security guy on a bicycle is following them to make sure they drive out of the little parking garage. And so, so Colin did a few extra laps around the garage. 
David said the guy on the bike was coming up and he's trying to steer his bike and knock on their window at the same time. He's like, guys, the exit's this way. And they just kept driving in circles. I was like, how many times did you go around? He's like, oh, probably 15 or 20. That's hilarious. And then he radioed for backup. They're like, okay, we're going. So. I saw his tweet about that, but 140 characters was not enough to contain that story. I know, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So they went somewhere else? Yeah, they ended up finding another, like, they found a Priceline hotel, like, off the strip that night. But then some other hotel is letting them teach their boot camp there, which makes no sense to me, really. Except you can kind of count on on people (laughs) maybe being dumb, and I guess it's hard to, to learn how the card count and actually take money from the casino. So maybe they're just like... Sure, so they openly fine. let them w- play at their tables to learn. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, they're not playing at the tables. They, oh, okay. um, yeah, they just teach them right there, like, in the little conference rooms. Yeah, right, they right. don't use their tables. Yeah, God, no. <laughs> they no. Do they go to different do casinos to try and use the tables? Is that what happens? Or? I don't know. You know, I don't know They must if be they using tables somewhere them. because, you know, otherwise you may as well just have it not in Vegas. Yeah, I know, right? I don't... That's a good... That's a good point. Um... David said that they were also teaching like private classes today. So right. I guess if you want to like just do the one-on-one thing, and I know that like David and Colin pretend to be the dealer, you know. And right, right, right. So they do that, but yeah, that's a good question. Why does that have to be in Vegas? Yeah, there's got to be some table utilization. I need to ask more questions about this stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, he's in Vegas. I don't know what he's doing exactly. Oh, it's kind of like that with me and. Neil Hamburger to a date. Sometimes I have to check the website to know where yeah. or, or his tweets. Like, what's the yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so speaking of the husbands, uh, while you were here in LA, we we have had a few rounds of Would You Rather, which we've which we've played already. We've still got a few more uh, in the can. But we also this was Stephanie's brilliant idea to have have a, a transcript of a of a previous topic that we had discussed and let uh, let the husbands uh, uh, read them as us. So uh, here it is. <laughs> so yeah, so. Um... So, Stephanie, what do you think about that, huh? What's your position on foreskins? Hmm, I I honestly can't speak with any authority on foreskins. I've never encountered one in real life. (laughs) Yeah, I've never seen one in real life either. But uh, I've seen them in pictures. Indeed, I've seen them in pictures, and I know people who are big fans of them, like um them. <laughs> big fans, big. Fans. I know one gay guy in particular who he was like telling me, uh, there are no foreskins in Seattle, and I was like, well, maybe go over to the UK, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I think there's more foreskins over there. Wow. I don't know if that's true. I've just heard that. But he was sending me tumblers to things like foreskinforever.com and <laughs> just hilarious tumblers dedicated to the foreskin. I think uh, uh, Australia is also very foreskin heavy. Are they really? I don't, I don't think they did a lot of circumcising. <laughs> My friends say, when I hear about what they've seen, they uh, seem to be mostly intact. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. I remember, I uh, <laughs> I didn't know what it was at the time, but uh, 
I remember when I was in year eight, so I was uh, about 13, and we were in the library doing some uh, project on Greek mythology, hmm. and I was uh, looking at this book, and there was this picture of this naked Greek god, and his, uh, his, his, his dong was out, and, and I was like, oh my god, why does he have a little eye at the end of his, it like in pictures of those books that they give you like sex ed books and they'd show you a picture of the intact and the circumcised and i'd be like it looks like it should be the other way around mm. because it looks like there is more of it that should have been lopped off see there <coughs> yes <laughs> yes yes that's so right that's so right i, I was so confused I was confused. Because, as I remember somebody trying to explain it to me, is it a mushroom or is it a sausage? Because <laughs> I couldn't figure out which it was, which because I figured the mushroom has a top on it. Is so it supposed to be the foreskin or is the skin supposed to be the sausage casing? Oh, yes. <laughs> mm. yeah. It wasn't automatically obvious to me, which, well, now, the mushroom probably makes the most sense. When I was a kid, I didn't really figure that out. So, um, he, you know, I think even though I've, 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 I've never seen one ever in real life, but uh, I think they should just be left alone. I mean, who would just uh, automatically cut off a piece of body and then it can't be changed? You know, it's, it's just, it's just, uh, it's kind of bizarre to do that. Right, right, right. Oh yes, it does seem bizarre, but I mean. I guess it's a big deal in Judaism. So if you're going to have a Jewish son, that kind of has to happen. Hmm. Is that uh, so uh, God knows who the chosen people are? <laughs> no, 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 that's... Uh, <laughs> That's what I heard. That God, that that's God who knows because all the men had their foreskins removed. It's some kind of sacrament. Yeah, I do not know. Uh, it, it is a way to tell the Gentiles from the Jews. Yeah. So that when God comes to take them into his kingdom, he will know them by their wangs. <laughs> If so, I am very pleased that God is so into wieners. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Maybe he's not so bad after all. Right. Oh. Yay! I can't take credit for that. It was David's idea. Oh, it was? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was great. God. They sound so <laughs> it was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Why do they have to sound like such assholes? <laughs> I know. 
I was like, you want to take it again and sound like less assholey? Yeah, yeah. They were totally given the option to do it again. They didn't take it. I'm like, no, that was good. (laughs) We're leaving it. Yep. So, yeah, if you went and visited again, (laughs) (laughs) that was awesome. We totally have to do more of those. It's just you taking the trouble to transcribe it. When Stephanie told me about it, I was like, I'm fine with that, but I'm not fucking transcribing it. (laughs) So, anyway, I did it while I was like um, on a layover flying down there to LA. It only took me like 20 minutes to type that up. Oh, that's great. Good on you, mate. Cool. Now, um,. Let's see. Now, you've talked about words that you've hated, and I wanted to chime in because I know there are words I hate, but I never quite could come up with them at that moment, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so some, here are some words that I hate. I've had this, you know, list in the, at the ready for some time now. I really hate the word apropos. How do you feel about <laughs> apropos? I, I didn't even, <laughs> never heard of it till about five years ago. And my friend really? just said something, something apropos of nothing. I'm like, yeah. Can you imagine what it's like hearing that word for the first time? Like, what is this? <laughs> apropos. It just apropos. sounds like somebody just the like first time I heard tripping it. over peas. What? Yeah. What did you feel? Like I, I had to go. It was in a song, and so it was. I remember it was like a tape cassette, and so I like, I was like, what is that word? And then I saw it, and I was like, oh, I guess it's French, and um, you know, because it has an S on the end that you don't pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You never hear it though, really, outside of someone saying apropos of nothing or. Yeah, it kind of seems to be in that phrase, yeah. And I still feel like I don't have a full like. It took me a while to actually grasp the meaning, but it's sort of like you're saying apropos, like you know, just out of nowhere kind of thing, or you know, how do you describe? Yeah, the word? out of nowhere. Yeah, it has nothing to do with anything that was going on. Just yeah, a- apropos, apropos of nothing. nothing. Yeah, she said that when you honor your husband's penis, you honor God. <laughs> <laughs> I would love someone to say that apropos of nothing. <laughs> but it's really funny though because after I first heard it, I suddenly started hearing it a bunch, and then I saw a business called Apropos Flowers. So how would it be apropos? What? Yes, is it just mean just just for no reason flowers? Like just how about it? Just flowers for no occasion? Is that Ap- kind of apropos flowers? Oh, I guess that means like like there's an occasion, so the flowers were appropriate for the occasion. So you received oh, flowers okay. because you were bereaved or oh, you graduated okay. or something. Yes. Yeah, but that's I a don't... stupid title. Yeah, it's While really gross. It, I hate that title. I just hate how it sounds. <laughs> it, it sounds like I can see why you hate it because I hate the word utilize. And we've oh, talked right. about this on here before, but it just because it kind of sounds pretentious. I'm like, just say use, but I can totally see how apropos of nothing just seems kind of like snooty and pretentious a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Is that why you yes. hate it? Or? No, I don't. I just don't like the the peas on peas. The p- 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 oh, yeah. No, that's apropos. a good reason too. It just sounds like apropos. it's tripping over itself. Apropos. Apropos. Yeah. Don't like yeah, it. Yeah. I, I can. I totally respect that. Yeah. Um, other words I don't like. I don't like lather and slather. <laughs> I don't know. I think it might have to do like lather. Like, there's a brand of soap in Australia. It's just so weird. I think, but I got yes, I was used it to it. But, think it was soap commercial. But yeah, because they talk about lathering. But this brand was called Imperial Leather. Like, why? <laughs> and my my That's mom still gets this soap. soap. Actually, the last time I was there, she got a different soap because she knew I didn't like Imperial Leather. But um, it just has a very very strong family perfumey smell you know like a family scent that's just you know not feminine or just so Le- does it smell like leather <laughs> no it doesn't even but anyway lather and slather is something a little a little gross, gross about slathering like if you slather on mayonnaise it just i don't know yeah 
yeah, it just it's it's just lost. It's unappetizing, I find. Um, yeah. An- another obvious word that I hate, which is going to be obvious as soon as I say it, is onus. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard that word until I was like married. I'd never. Heard that <laughs> until word. you were married. That sounds really. <laughs> because I remember David was saying the onus is on you now, and I'm like, ew. And I go. <laughs> And I drew him a picture. I go, that just makes me think of like a big anus descending out of the sky and landing on me. And then I remember drawing him a picture of what I saw in my head and he put it on the fridge. <laughs> so I remember that was up there for a while. Yeah, I first heard it because uh, I was on a tram in Melbourne. Again, I was married. And uh, and I guess I hadn't bought a ticket because uh, maybe I could have and I just was making up excuses. But I, it was like, I was saying I didn't have any coins and the machine only takes coins. So I couldn't get it, you know. And he was like, look, the onus is on you to make sure you have a ticket before you board the tram and blah, blah, blah. He just kept saying, you know, but the onus is on you. Every time I'd like argue with him, yes, but the onus. And he just kept saying onus, onus. I'm like, why is this strange man saying a word that sounds like anus over and over to me? Like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, I could figure out what it meant, but yeah, that was yeah, the first yeah. time I, I ever heard it. Onus. Ugh. It's, ah, oh, I'm that looking at it now on my deeply. screen. And it's like N-U-S. It's right there. You just need a little line on the O and it's suddenly it an anus. It just needs a line on the O. <laughs> that word is unacceptable. Very unacceptable. Um, libations. I fucking Ew. hate libations. Is I that don't like it either now that you mention it. And maybe because it sounds like labia and I don't know. Yes. It's... And vibration mixed together, but it means drinks, right? Yeah, yeah. Libations. Like, why are you calling it? Just say so, drinks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I'd like to know more about the origin of that. Perhaps it's it had a purpose at some point, which has now been substituted just with drinks. So now when people say libations, they're just being pretentious assholes they just yeah. kind of utilize that word for no reason so these libations <laughs> were apropos of nothing so i decided to utilize yes <laughs> and uh foibles i fucking hate foibles, foibles. it just sounds really? like when i kind of like it because it sounds kind of like hijinksy yeah well that's why i don't like it it's like it sounds like when people say goyles instead of girls <laughs> oh foibles. that's funny oh, like you can see somebody like Boy. tapping their their chin and going foibles you know, just Ew. Like, okay, I, I don't like foibles. that now. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, hate do you, fucking. Do you hate know how foibles. when John Stewart goes into his like nerdy Jewy voice, yes, like he yes. does at least? I hate that so much. And he taps like his the chin. E, e, yes. and he like pulls his collar. I hate that. So that makes me think of foibles, right? Oh no, no, no. That. See, I don't like that. I don't like any of his little impression things, honestly. But no, there's that yeah. one where he does his his Jew thing. But then there's the one where he's like, <laughs> and he like taps his chin with yes. his fingers and you know acts maniacal yeah i see foibles coming out of either of those so the crowd um, loves it (laughs) (laughs) i'm always like why don't encourage him you guys always laugh so hard when he does that stop it i think they're just excited that something's happening (laughs) (laughs) one time i went to a theater restaurant uh for my friend's birthday and you know it was Mm -hmm. funny we were laughing a lot but then they said something on stage and it was just me my friend mark and my friend rory and um and everybody laughed and Mark was laughing but Rory and I just didn't hear it and we were just kind of stony faced we looked at each other and neither of us knew what it was and I, and I said to Mark well, what was it what did they say and he's like I don't know it sounded funny oh. <laughs> and I think so That's much awful. of when people laugh has to do with just am I supposed to be laughing at this or not you know and I think that yeah. you know that definitely dictates how much uh, things happen Oh, one last one, which oh. I nearly, nearly missed because it was in a smaller font on my screen. Uh, shits and giggles. Fucking. Oh yeah. Hate it. 
I hate that hate. too. Oh, it's fucking. <laughs> oh, it just sounds like diarrhea. Like the giggles make the shit wet somehow. Like I don't know. It's just. I, I don't and know. every time someone says it, they, you, I get the feeling like they want some kind of accolade for it. Like you have to do that nervous laughter. Like, haha, you made a joke. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what is that? Who the fuck came up with that? Oh, I hate them. I hate them. And Omri loves to just say it to me. My friend just throws it in there to annoy the Omri shit out does? Of me. Yeah. Ugh. It's even worse when someone's putting it and typing it up and they put a Z in the shits. <laughs> or and in the giggles. In the giggles, yeah. Like, I'm so extra zany. Oh, but it's, ugh. I don't even, what is somebody thinking when they say that? Oh. It's, I just feel like it's like middle-aged women who wear cat sweatshirts who I hear saying it. <laughs> really? I think they wouldn't say shit. I feel like like the ones that I kind of know do because they, they think that I'm younger and cooler or something. Oh, just okay. So they're trying to like by meet you at your of, level. Yes. I always feel like they're trying to make some kind of connection with me. Like, right. oh, I just said shit. And I don't know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No, what's It's always you somebody I feel like... That, like, like at your work? No, no, not really. No one that tries to make. No, no one's no, younger. No, no one that I tries mean, to connect. younger than my coworkers. Yeah. I have, I have younger coworkers and I have older coworkers, and they're kind of very separated. Like we just, yeah, do our thing. We're not trying to, you know, meet each other's expectations. So. Yeah. Yeah. I had a list of songs that, of uh, songs of words that I like, but I think I'll I'll save that for another day. Okay. Now you had. Um, some five notes on dating from Mars Hill. Is that what it was? Uh, yes, this came out last week. I saw it on Twitter and it said five notes on dating for the guys. And it was <laughs> tweeted by the resurgence, which is Mark Driscoll's, you know, network of church planting is what it's called. Like where he's right. like planting all these churches all over the nation and the world. So I was like, Oh God. And you know, it was already sad as soon as I clicked on it. <laughs> And it was written by some guy named Brandon Anderson. <laughs> and, it, and this is the first paragraph. He goes, I work in church operations, which means I spend an inordinate amount of time with young single volunteers, many of whom are recent converts. I'm like, oh, no, recent converts. Because, you know, this sounds like someone who's like, you know, it's a vulnerable person that they're dealing with, right? Yeah. Okay. When I first started, it quickly became clear that most young Christians have no idea what Christian dating looks like practically. Here are some insights to help Christian men date in a way that honors God. Okay, so number one is a definition of intentional. He goes, intentional is one of those words that sounds right, but no one really knows what it means. So I would like to clear that up. <laughs> intentional man repeatedly and constantly goes first and takes on all risk of rejection. He lets the girl know where she, where she's, blah, where he stands so she feels secure and isn't left guessing. On the other hand, don't weird her out by talking about marriage on the first date. Like he's talking to like fucking second graders or something. Yeah, yeah. Is, is what's partly is what is initially so insulting about this, right? But so he gives he gives examples. Approaching her initially is like, I'd like to take you out on a date. And and unintentionals want to hang out sometime. My roommates are all gone this weekend. <laughs> and, and you know I can kind of see that but it's like okay where the bible does it say you need to be intentional like come on yeah, yeah. where does it say that you need to take on all risk of rejection like that's just kind of like presumptive and yeah and, and acting like the girl has no brain or sense of self so exactly. uh, um for paying the bill intentional I've got it unintentional can you cover half I'm pretty broke right now and this guy goes my wife believes this communicates you are worth about twenty dollars but not quite forty <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, just why are you talking to people like they're retarded? Oh, yeah. there's my word again. Our word. Sorry. Um, anyway. Okay. Bringing other people in. 
Intentional. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. Would you like to have dinner with my community group leader and his wife? Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks. And I'll have you know that someone said this to me when I was in college, and I'm like, no, I really <laughs> don't want to at all. Did and you not like guy, him already, or did that did that question make you that less one? I didn't like him already, and that just sealed it. Yeah, yeah. But you could tell that he was like kind of spitting back a line, you know? That yeah. No, I don't want to. And <laughs> what's interesting is like you know we stayed friends and we were Facebook friends until a couple years ago when he unfriended me for liking something that Obama said. Oh. <laughs> And I don't, I'm not saying one thing necessarily has anything to do with the other, but it did seem like he was, you know, kind of like following a script or, or like just going along with whatever he was told, you know? Yeah, yeah. In both instances. But, um, so when, about the bringing other people in and I've really enjoyed getting to know you, let's have dinner with my community group leader. Um, this is another thing this guy says, um, <clears throat> A guy who isn't going to introduce you to his friends is only selfishly protecting himself and shielding himself from any accountability and consequences, and he cannot be trusted as protector of someone else. So it's this whole idea of being the protector, like the guy protecting the woman. And yeah. So, and, and I mean, and for some people that sounds nice, but it's also like also incredibly demeaning in, 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 yeah. the, in the sense that I have been in these... Um, like group counseling things with these women who are very involved in this church and how like you know how much it's really hurt them to like really believe that they have to be really um, submissive to their husband like yeah. I'm just like no 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 this is how it gets started is when it seems okay you know but then yeah. this is like this is so gay things <laughs> things are going well intentional I think you are a godly beautiful woman and I have a great time with you I would like to pursue a relationship with you <laughs> Exact words. I mean, telling him to say. they're not even telling you to paraphrase something like this. They're like presenting this, like this is the script you should follow. I know. So I was reading these to David, and I, I read him this part where where they go. The truth is that when you're in a relationship, you get their crap on top of your crap. That's double crap. It is hard to start a healthy relationship with two immature people drowning in crap. <laughs> Men, get your life together first. Know where you are going, then invite a girl to come along. And David, when I read this to him, he just goes, no, no, no. Relationship is people drowning in crap together. If you remove the crap, then you remove the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like that. Because I'm like, yeah. I really think that's true. Yeah. Because it's not going to get to where everything's perfect. No, like, that's never going to happen. That's kind of what all. everyone's whole life is, is trying to, you know, you know, lift up from the crap, you know? So you can't, nobody's yeah. ever, ever perfect before they meet somebody, you know? That's just not going to happen. So it definitely has yes. to be coming out of the, joining and drowning in the crap together and trying to get out of it together, you know? So, totally. Yeah, it's just it's, it's impossible to think you can you can you can you can start off with a clean slate. That is absolutely insane. Yes, and it's like hurt, harming these people who think that they just always feel bad about themselves because their lives aren't perfect or something. Yeah, is what I see happening like in this therapy stuff. So section five was physical touch. Okay, cervical or cervical. What's that? <laughs> Did you say cervical touch or cervical touch? No, physical touch. Oh, physical touch. <laughs> I'm just picturing like this guy like reaching in for the cervix. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my cervix. Um, here's one thing they said. Acts of affection are ways you show that you like, appreciate, and cherish the woman that you are dating. Think of it as an affectionate father with his daughter. 
He hugs her, snuggles her, kisses her on the forehead, holds her hand, stopping at any type of sexual satisfaction whatsoever. He just wants to make sure his daughter knows he loves her. Oh, that is fucked. And David goes, isn't it? And so David goes, he goes, no, you have to be honest about the fact that you want to fuck her brains out. And... (laughs) He's like, they're teaching them not to be honest about that. He's like, you know, and you can want to do that, and all you can do is hug her. But he he goes, don't pretend that you don't want to do that, you know? He goes, and it's kind of like they're saying, chew your meat as if it's yogurt so that you don't scare the meat away and make God mad. (laughs) (laughs) That is so fucked. just that whole bringing in the daughter thing they're making it sound like well what david did like that's that's how you would feel about the person you want to be with as a, as a partner but when they like comparing it to your daughter thing they're making it sound like you actually have those kind of feelings for your daughter that's it what's totally so does. fucked about it yeah that's like, what yes it's, it's like you're, you're hugging and kissing your daughter and trying not to fuck your daughter like, trying not what? To, you're stopping short of any sexual satisfaction yes, with stopping her. Sh- <sighs> like ah that is so Horrible. fucking sick and oh. it's also like setting it up to like be in a fatherly relationship with this person if you do get married like he's gonna father his wife somehow yeah and exactly. like that's honestly kind of how they work it the women are like okay whatever you say honey yeah yeah. you know and that's you know we're in 2012 we're in seattle and i see all these people who are like following that yeah Ugh. anyway yeah that's all i got for now cool well, that was plenty they want you to not <laughs> fuck your daughter good on you mars hill as much as you might want to, don't. Oh, God, they're fucked. Well, on that note, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap things up. Um, so uh, I'm going to play our closing song now, and I'm going to introduce it for once. But uh, so this song is by my friend Lydia Perry, and uh, I'll just tell you the funny story of how I know Lydia. So Lydia is a Supergrass fan. And, um, well, the funny, the story of how I know her isn't funny, but the, a funny incident occurred. And uh, so she's a super grass fan, and she um, was Feathery Sunshine on YouTube, and she would uh, find all these oh. great videos and, like, and you know, convert them and put them up on YouTube. So she was a great, great source of super grass uh, Yeah, videos. I totally know her YouTube name because of super grass videos. Exactly. Thank you, Lydia. We love you for that. But anyway, we, so... I love you, Lydia. <laughs> we both love you. Um, and she, uh, anyway, so we got talking, you know, just from being Supergrass fans. And then um, she lives in England. She lives in Liverpool. And I was going, uh, this is in 2008, I think. And I was going up to uh, to England to see some shows. And I was going to see some Supergrass shows. And I was like, oh, my God, you should totally come. And she's like, yeah, I don't know if I can make it. And I was like, why not? Like, Liverpool's not that far from, uh, where was I going? Sheffield. I'm like, come up to Sheffield, blah, blah, blah. I've got a hotel room. You can spend the night. You can share my room with me. I don't care and all this stuff. And she's like, yeah, I'm not sure if I can. Anyway, and then it turned out she was 16, and I was like, like <gasps> sounding like a pervert. Come and stay in my hotel room. Oh. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I was about 30 at the time, I think. So I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like I just assumed she was older, you know, and it was more oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, so she was 16 at the time, and I was like a pervert <laughs> demanding a 16-year-old stay girl in stay in my room with me. And I was like, oh my god, oh my god, I felt terrible. And yeah, we sorted it all out, and I didn't push any further. But anyway. <laughs> you stopped short of any sexual satisfaction. Exactly, whatsoever. exactly. 
So anyway, so that's that's a, that's a hilarious Lydia story. But we overcame our age difference and remained friends. And now she's of age, so she can stay with, in a hotel room with me all she likes. And nobody can stop us. So anyway, so our closing song today is Scream by Lydia Perry. And uh, that's all for today's show. So uh, please call the Dong line, 323-301-DONG. Dong is in Wiener. And uh, visit the website, dongtini.com, for any supplementary material. And also like us on Facebook. So, until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Bye. to hear more from Lydia Parry, visit facebook.com slash Lydia Parry Music.
podcast operates independently in partnership with FeralAudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit FeralAudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.